0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Knudsen with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 166. Today's episode is going to be, uh, again, a little bit, not too much to bring up about G, you know, just seven days ago. Uh, But I'll tell everybody where she is right now. I think she's getting, she's like 10 months, I think, getting close to 10 and a half, something like that. So where she is at, at that point, and it's pretty good. And then the rest of it is going to be, um, it's going to be a lot for my clients and a lot for people who are very maybe serious and kind of intense uh, dog training and handling people. Just some thoughts about uh, troubleshooting when, when there are issues and things going on with your dogs and, and approach to that. But that's not a topic that I have ever seen or read anywhere. And, I, you know, I think it's a fascinating thing if people are real serious about getting a little bit better. Uh, Just a way of looking at at things that, frankly, just isn't out there very much. So, you know, and who knows, I may just be crazier than a loon and, you know, (laughs) whatever. But I'm going to offer that to to everybody. So, the G-Update... we had, a, we had a wonderfully cool morning the other day on Upland. It was uh, breezy and kind of, we had jackets on. It was really nice. It's been killer hot here and is back again now. But we just had a day or two where it was, kind of had that little taste of fall to it. And with a, a couple exceptions, every dog I had was nuts. And I got G out of the trailer and geared her up, put her collar on and stuff. And I could hardly get her to sit down. And I couldn't get her, you know, you're supposed to wait and walk over there with me and, not that running crazy and then out in the field holy moly she was twice as far as she should have been and i don't let him get out there but she was just like somebody gave her a little crack or something and she was just wild and then you know just i think she just like pointed and then just moved in it was highly uncharacteristic wild and crazy and um, i would say most of the other dogs were that way too even the really experienced older ones so that cool weather just really, really was a shot in the arm. So it was just kind of wild and crazy. And I, I assume it was a lot of that and just so nice to be out. One, you know, hunting up on birds because that's the heroin field. And then it's cool and it's just early morning and oh, it was just so fun. So not good there, just a crazy dog. Um, I mean, I, I got a little frustrated. I, she had to walk at heel all the way back. So which meant I had to hold on to her because there's no way she was going to do it voluntarily. I just didn't want her just freewheeling after bird crazy going out there and then whoo all the way back so we had to heel all the way back just to rein in some sort of control and, and put her up. The other thing that's somewhat newsworthy is after I griped so much about not being able to stop her on a whistle in the water, now I, now I can. So that's one of those things I always tell people don't ever say my dog never breaks because that's a guarantee that that dog's going to do that in the next two or three times. And so I said, my daughter, I cannot get her to stop on a whistle. It's like she knew that. And so on the very next day that I worked with the rope, she started stopping on the whistle and now she's, she's getting there. So that worked well. I guess we just had kind of a misunderstanding of stuff. And then we got back to mechanical means really well and she got it now. And so we're on the right track with that. So. Things are, things are doing just fine there. That's the G update. It's just, I I do this for people. And those of you that don't listen every week, you know, this has been going on since the early part of this year. Well, the very beginning of this year when she was an eight week old puppy. Uh, It's just a, one, I like people to see kind of the, you know, what the road looks like that we go down. And then also understand that it is not all rosy and perfect, you know, and I have a vague idea what I'm doing. And this is a very well-bred dog. Um, but stuff happens, you know, and sometimes you don't know why and sometimes it's really not bad and sometimes it's incredibly good and, and it all kind of piles together, you know, to form eventually what's going to, what this dog is going to be. So that's part of my aim with that is to let everybody see, you know, no matter who you are or what the dog is and stuff, it's not just this rosy picture, which brings me to now my next great segue there brings me to my next topic. And that is, um troubleshooting dog problems and I've been talking about that in various ways on a number of podcasts here you know where people don't make their dog take responsibility for doing the work themselves Um, that's a big thing that people do you know and they don't go back to fundamentals which is always no matter what never a a wrong thing to do but I I want to talk to people about looking at when they're doing, when they're doing their own training stuff, when you're out, you just you and your dog or, or you're kind of the lead guy in your little group of people and you're deciding things. I, I just want to give people some food for thought on the approaches because I see a, probably a, most of the problems that happen with people and their dogs when they're or not even problems. They don't even know they have a problem yet, but you can kind of see one developing because of their approach So maybe that's more what I want to talk about is the approach that people have. But so I deal with people all the time and their dogs and the dogs are fairly straightforward. Dogs, you know, they're different. Like people, there's different kinds, different motivations, different ways of processing and all that. So there is variation in them, but they tend to be what you see is what you get. And they tend to be um, very straightforward with their behavior and all of that so they're the easy part The people are the hard part but I would say one of the things over all the time that I've noticed myself included of course and whenever you get advice from a, a good person out there uh, whether it's a professional trainer just a really good person that's done a lot of it when people tell you about dogs and they tell you about problem solving and they tell you about why dogs do things I've, al- I've always said, you don't know too much about the dog that's at question when they say that, but it is a monstrous insight into that individual that's giving you the advice. We all come from a very authentic place inside of ourselves, unless we're just doing what we're told, but they, even then, we still have that. So when people tell you about, about working with dogs, setting up training things, Problem shooting, solving all that kind of stuff. You're getting a major insight into how they look at the world and what they think of it, and so many times, you know, when a dog, and that's again my favorite internet thing, when somebody types onto one of the internet sites and goes, "My dog is fill in the blank doing something." My dog was a really good pointer. Now they're busting birds or my dog was, you know, was real good on blinds and now they're not and they won't sit and they come running in and, and they give you these problems and then somebody gives you an answer. Oh, here's what you do. When your dog starts busting birds, you do, and then they give you this thing. Well, that tells you everything about that person, not, not so much about maybe your dog and the problem. They might be dead nuts on or absolutely completely 180 degrees off. But it tells you how they look at stuff and how they think. So how we look at stuff and how we think is how we approach our dog. And it's how we approach the training work that we do. And show however we are and however we think. And whatever, whatever level of optimism or pessimism we engage, see the world and engage in. Is how we set up things and sometimes that is just the biggest limiting factor uh, in the world it really is so let me get some specifics because right now it's like okay what the heck is she is she talking about so and I <clears throat> let me give a, a, a kind of a big statement first uh, dogs do not really think about things. Now that said, in uh, the prior podcast, I had talked about how uh, G thinks about stuff a little too much, and she does kind of think. But what she does is she compiles her experiences and makes a decision about it, and then acts on that. And so then I am responding to a dog that's done some mental stuff I don't really want them to do. I would like them to be a little more clear and 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 just just look at me and and do what I say right this moment and she tends to be a compiler of stuff but dogs really I'm like dogs don't think about stuff per se you know they don't go that's like on the dog if your dog breaks put them back in the truck and then they'll learn because they won't want to go back in the truck so they'll stop breaking that's a thought process that requires for that to work If anyone's done it and it's worked, it might have been the way you took them back to the truck, (laughs) cussing them out all the way or jerking them on the leash or something, but they're not making that cause and effect. Ah, oh, I broke and then I went back here. So if I don't break, then I don't have to go back here. That's not really the way that the vast majority or every dog I've ever known thinks. Dogs don't think about stuff dogs aren't in the same moment that you're in necessarily. If you're angry, frustrated, and upset as your way of being when you're training, okay, then dogs are aware of this emotional state and have learned through experience that some to predict some things happening. So dogs don't think what dogs do is they learn by experience dogs learn by experience your dog all the dogs I train all the dogs of everybody that we all know they learn by experience that's sort of the way nature works for example if there's a watering hole we've got a bunch of wild dogs now or coyotes I don't wolves whatever and there's a watering hole and so they all went to they oh they found a watering hole in the, in their new area and they went over there and they were getting a drink in the evening and then a, a um, mountain lion came and ate the one that wasn't looking Right, and so <laughs> they are the the ones that didn't get eaten run away, all right? And that happens once or twice. They learn by experience. Never go to the water hole in the evening. The only time it's safe is mid noon in the brightest part of the day. That's when you go, and no nothing bad happens to anybody. Don't go at the evening. So they learn by experience when to go. Haunt in an area, they learn when to go get a drink of water, where to hole up, where things aren't going to get them. They learn all that by experience. And that's how, you know, essentially a lot of us learned a lot of things. Dogs don't sit down and then read the chapter in the book and then think about it and take notes and mull it over and go try some experimental stuff. That's really more of a human thing, right? And that is not the way that dogs do this. They don't do the classroom, sit down, read, reread, think about it, mull it over, try some experiments. They don't do that. They, they live in the moment and they go do what they do. And then whatever happens is data that they gather, they go, wow, whenever he comes over here at a really fast pace, clearing his throat, then these kind of things happen to me. And so they learn to respond when the signals you're sending out are that way and then when you come over because you you had a beer before you came over to do your stuff and so nothing's bothering you too, too much and the way that you move and the way that you smell and the way that you act they get have a different experience with you a different kind of interaction so they learn hey when this when things are this way then this is kind of how you be so our animals learn through experience about us what to expect And what kind of things they need to do to make sure they're in a good place with this. So they learn through experience. So if there is inconsistency in things that you do, then they learn a variety of different, they have a variety of different experiences with you, which gives them a variety of options in what's going to happen. I need, I want to keep this very really simple and clear because it is. But I, one of the things that I just hammer on people and I, I and myself as well, and working with dogs is the consistency. I didn't, that doesn't mean you have to train at the same time every day or do the same things or be in the same place. That's not what I mean. It's that thing between the two of you, your set of expectations, what you require of them, what you, how you interact with them, what you expect of them. That is what needs to be consistent. So when you are inconsistent in... Like where you are in your head How, you, today you're mad bunch of stuff happened earlier or you watch the news on the tv now you're all riled up so you come out and now you're going to go do the work with your dog so you feel different to them you smell different you look different you act different and things happen a little bit differently maybe you're sh- more short-tempered so when they make a little mistake this time there's more pressure there's like a higher decibel level on your voice there's something it's so they that requires that they do different things So when you're training a dog, and as you, for those of you that are getting advice from all over the place, and wherever you're around, you ask that person, one of the things I always tell people that I work with is I don't say, only do what I do, only do what I say, don't listen to anyone else. I don't say that. Yeah, I would never say that to anybody, but I do say, don't listen to everybody and then do what everybody says. Do not do that. You need to find a good source of information, one with which you're very comfortable. And then you go ahead and carry that out consistently, right? Carry it out consistently. That's why at, at, the, at uh, events, when you're in an event, and I don't stand around with everybody to find out how everybody else is going to run it or what they think. Because now we have all this inconsistent thinking in your head. So that's why I say. Don't do that. Think your own thoughts. Do what brought you. Do the things that your dog and you always do so that you have consistency because that is how they learn. When there is a lot of inconsistency, a lot of variation of variety in different ways and different approaches and different. Sometimes you somebody with a lot of pressure told you to do this and you did it. And you didn't like it. So now somebody with only positive reinforcement, no pressure at all, then you try that. You're poor dog. They're just learning that God only knows what this is today. I don't know. We're just going to see and maybe I hope I enjoy it. And if I don't, I hope I just get through it. There's no learning with an attitude like that. So what happens now and now I'll say this so you have let's say you have a good source of information and you're real comfortable with how you've been taught the processes and the thoughts and how to look at all this stuff that's very good then we're going to talk about the inconsistency within uh, you and part of that inconsistency and I'm going to give some examples there's people I know so this is going to be I'm not going to name names but there are there's some people who um are very, very, uh, very technical in their thinking. Very complicated. They really like the little details of stuff. You know, kind of the science type people. I'm not making fun of them. I am one of them. But, th- th- you know, where the real science where it's all about the detail and anything. And then, so they like to set up stuff that's real technical. And they want to, and they all oh, this. And they, so they're that way. And that's the motivation for everything they set up. So their dog, if the dog is really not that way, but no, I'm not going to say if the dog's not that way. So what they're going out there, they're training not to, with what's best for that dog in the learning situation, but what they're most comfortable with working with, training on. You know, there's people that only want to set up really hard, really technical, You know, weird kind of technical stuff. that Because that's where they're comfortable. That's where their mind works. That's where they think. And that's what they do. So now their dog has to go do that. If that is not, and no dog learns, that's not where they learn stuff. That's where you test out stuff. That is not where you learn stuff. So when somebody likes to be in their head and be real technical, oh, you know what would be real tricky? Let's get back off here, get over this angle and try this and that. Okay, they are gratifying themselves. They're gratifying the way they think. This is their comfort zone. This is the way they like to engage in things. Leaving out the most important thing in the world and it's that dog over there and is this a learning opportunity for them they think it is. The, the people think it is because it's like, oh, I like this stuff. So we, we'll learn to run real technical stuff right here. And generally that is not where dogs. Matter of fact, you don't teach that very much until your basics are so incredibly strong. And then you don't have to teach it very much because your basics allow you to do all kinds of real tricky things. So that's an example of people who think a certain way, right? And so they, they, that's what they do with their dog, and that's not a real teaching thing. Again, it's a self-gratification thing. Let me slide to the other end of that one. There's people who do not like to be have to think too hard, work too hard, and they certainly don't want to have to get into a real training mode, teaching mode on their dog. So let's say their dog is just. Uh, <clears throat> I'll say it this way: So when you're training a dog, and there you're. You've trained them and they're going out and we're running blinds or multiple marks or something. And the dog is just not giving you uh, a lot of effort. They're giving you some, not too much. Then you're all mad at them, right? Darn it, what's this dog? Why is this happening? Generally, the people to whom that happens are the people who, in when you're not out doing this technical training stuff, are the people who uh, enable their dog to feel very... Uh, special, very loved. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's wrong. But that's where they're comfortable. No, I love this dog and I want him to know I love him and I'm so glad. And even if we don't do real good on that, I just love him. And so you send out these messages to this dog that are, you know, I just love you. I don't care if you're on the couch or over here whatever, you're good. And if you come over and step on my foot, I I don't care about that. I just love you. So the dog, you basically hand over the reins to this dog because they're so special Um, so they're very, very enabled, right? They're entitled, very entitled dogs. They're entitled because they're just special. And so if they step on you, they walk in front of you, they don't do what you say until the third time. That's okay because they're so special. Then that person goes out in the training group, right? And you want your dog to do all this stuff and they don't really want to because that way that's kind of hard or I'm not sure I want to. And then they're wondering, oh, this terror, why is this dog doing this? And it's because of... Uh, dogs learn by experience right dogs learn by experience and the consistent behavior in in their life is oh whatever you I you're just so special go ahead and so when you communicate that's the thing between your dog they learn by experience when that's their experience with you then that's what you have when you're out doing the hard kind of stuff training and so everybody, what people want is a very inconsistent thing. Listen, I just want to spoil my dog and let him know how much I love. I don't want to have to get after him. I don't have to have, want to have to think about my interactions to make sure they're consistent with the whole everything else that I'm doing. I don't want to think about that. I'm just not now. When we go out training, then I'll do it. Okay, that's an inconsistent thing. So they are, they, they are going to choose that real easy, nice one where they don't have to do too much and they're just special. And then when you go over into the hard stuff, they're like, oh no. So your inconsistency, you know, they're learning by all that other stuff and that's what they want to do. So then you have problems that you created through your inconsistent interactions with the dog. But when you look at your actions with the dog, you got to be really honest Dogs aren't people. You can behave one way in one group of people and behave another way in another group of people and then you can, you know, you can kind of read the situations, think about it and make adjustments. Dogs learn by experience when the most of their experience is this warm, loving, entitled life they have with you and now we come over here and we want them to bear down and do stuff that's hard and listen and don't think about this, just do this stuff and we're upset because uh, they don't. And it's hard to sit there and go, the reason this dog is doing this is because most of the time I treat him this way and now I'm coming out here and I still want to treat him that way, but they need to behave like it really matters that they listen and respond to me. Like they have to do what I want, not what they want, regardless of what they think about it. So there's another place where inconsistency uh, creates a lot of problems, but people wonder what's wrong with this dog. So there's another example of that. I'm going to get after another inconsistency problem that really gets stuff going. And this is the one where you try a lot of different things. These people say, all right, this is how you solve this problem. And then you get over here with somebody else. And this is how you solve this problem. Now, let me use... um, Let me use breaking. That's a breaking problem. And that's in our training group. We've had a little bit of that stuff. So if you ever go to a group of people and talk about breaking, then... (laughs) you will get, you know, a lot of different answers with a lot of different philosophies behind them. Again, which give you all the insight into that individual and not a lot of insight into actually solving the problem because nobody's going to give you the answer without understanding you and what created the problem to begin with. So when you have a very specific dog problem, it could be busting in on birds. It could be, uh, it could be breaking. It could be, uh, you know, not taking casts on blinds it could be a, a whole lot of things that problem didn't just one day bloop just pop up all right it didn't that problem like every single other good thing that your dog does was created and it was created through a process and for most of us that process started when we brought those little guys home at eight weeks now we're not thinking about running the last series of the master right there's a shop flyer going right across the front of you on a walk-up or something. We're not thinking about that It's because we got this awesome puppy, but many of the things that we'd start with puppies and then continue through it. So all of you that go, "Oh, I just let them be a puppy," good, you're letting all kind of bad things start, and then wonder why you're having these problems later on. But when what we what we do when they're little, it it remember they learn through experience so when their experiences with our us are a certain way whether we're way too slack and just give them total free reign they can do whatever they want or we're way too tough and we don't even let them think or we don't let them have some joy and some fun there's a lot of that too people just dialing in on these little guys not going you know they are baby animals they do also have to have a certain amount of joy and just wow life is awesome to them too So, I mean, people mess with this all over, but a breaking problem, an attitude problem, many of these things start early on when we just enjoying things with the dog and, oh, look how much they like to go. And no, I never even make them sit down or I I let them wiggle or whatever. And, but you start that and you get, and then all of a sudden when people say, you need to, that dog, you need to start doing this stuff. And then (laughs) now you have a. A dog that's so, you know, you taught him, hey, just when you're excited, just go, you know, I'm not going to intervene. And then suddenly you start intervening, and then, then you feel bad when you intervene by putting some kind of pressure, holding on to him. So then you kind of go the other way, and then you come, in, <laughs> right? And what is the dog learning with all of this experience? That there's nothing real solid out there. Every day is a new day, and we do that not intentionally. But we do that. So a lot of our problems that we have now, if not the vast majority of them, we started some time ago. And you don't solve them between now and next week. Because if somebody tells you you can, here we go with another inconsistency. Now we're going to slide over and try all this kind of stuff. And then when that doesn't work, we're going to go over here and try something else. There is nothing worse to do to an animal but teach them through experience that they can't trust you at all everything's gonna be different so people who who are working with your dogs and you use uh, electric collar stuff and somebody really got you doing that so then now you think that was too much so you take the electric collar off don't ever do that alright don't or you're using this kind of leash and then somebody said no you need to use that kind of leash so now we're switching leashes I know inconsistent inconsistent so when you have different, when you're talking about your training gear and sometimes you use this kind of deal and sometimes you use that kind of deal, the dog, again, we have no, we have no consistency. So they're l- not learning really anything other than what's happening today. So whatever your training uniform is for your dog, for me, it's an electric collar and, 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 and from a puppy up, it's a little choke chain and either a tab or a leash or a cord or something. That mean that's a uniform. That means it doesn't have nothing to do with how I'm going to interact and work with them that day. It just means we're training and that's all it ever means. So I don't have to worry about anything other than here we put on the training equipment. For those of you who have, there's a lot of people have a, uh, you run an event, you run an event with nothing. It, the junior in the started, I think you can have a little flat collar so you can hold on to the wild suckers. After that, you can have nothing. You can, and in APLA, can't even have a, the collar thing on them. So somehow people believe that if you train that way, that helps you. That's a no. <laughs> Just no. What you want to do is have your training be 100% consistent. So you always train with your training uniform on. If you're an electric collar user, even if you're not using any uh, collar brush at all, have the uniform on. Um, have whatever you use around their neck to constrain them. Use the same thing all the time so that it becomes a non-thing. So that your train their training uniform is just that. And they don't even give it any thought because this means we're gonna go train. So if you put a collar on and then use it and I'm not gonna use it so I don't put it on, they become collar wise in three days. This is the worst thing you can have. So then they know sometimes you gotta listen different than other times because sometimes they can enforce this stuff and sometimes they can't and so you have the inconsistency which generates inconsistent behavior on the part of the dog. So on your training uniform have one use it use it every time you train the only time you don't use it is when you go to an event and if you have trained consistently your dog will behave consistently at the event as well. If you have varied things, tried different ways, done a lot of experimentation, you find that your dog at an event will also have variations in what they're doing. They were taught that by the variations in the inconsistency. So, several things here. You must, when you're just working with your dog through all of the advanced training, it's much easier on the dog... And therefore, much easier on you if consistency is just excruciatingly pleasant. It just is. It just is. If I forgot my electric collar, my collar, I didn't have even a dummy collar. I, had, I didn't have part of the uniform. I would not train. I would go back and get it all. That's how serious it is to me. Would not even do it if I didn't have my stuff. And I wouldn't if I, I just wouldn't go if I didn't have my stuff. Because my dogs wear the same thing anytime we work all the varieties of work. Doesn't mean they're getting any kind of training pressure. It's the uniform. So whatever I ask him to do, I ask him to do. My voice stays the same all the time because I want when I speak like this to my dog for it to carry the full weight of its meaning. I don't want to have to scream and yell for it to count. That goes for my level of my whistle and it goes for my voice. So I always encourage people, because your emotions just come pouring out in your voice. So when you're frustrated and mad, again, now we're inconsistent. Some days we're not, sometimes we are. I would work, folks, really hard to keep your demeanor the same, no matter how you feel. Go back before you start training your dog. Just sit down for a moment, gather your thoughts, get yourself where you need to be before you go work with this dog. Whatever your dog is doing is reflecting back the training. So if your dog is behaving inconsistently or doing something odd, there is something that has happened in your interactions with the dog that have created that. Odds are it's going to stem from an inconsistency somewhere. Assuming that you have taught your dog to take responsibility for doing the work themselves. If you just help your dog all the time, then you need to help your dog all the time because that's what you've consistently taught them. Oh, don't worry, I'm there to tell you what to do and help you just like with the kid driving. Okay. But this is a slight different thing that I'm talking about. This is a thing where an animal that we're training to very high and in, in, in sophisticated levels that one of your key, most powerful tools you have is consistency. And when you see those good pros and field trials and hunt tests and stuff, go out with dog dog after dog, after dog, after dog, and they tend to all you know, not break, and handle, and do the, give them their best efforts. Sure, everybody has a bad day. It's always there, but their dog behavior tends, is consistent. That's because those people go out every day with the same training gear, with the same approach. They they set up different things. They teach different things, but the interactions with that dog are always consistent, boringly so. So that way the dog is learning through consistency, because They learn through experience. So your biggest powerful tool is to make sure that their experiences are on the same plane all the time. You teach them new things. You teach, you teach. Then you go out there and you start making them be responsible for it. But you understand the process you're going through. Don't humor yourself, I like really hard technical things. How can I make this more difficult? That's just again, that's gratifying you. Why don't you sit there and think about what is what is my dog telling me? What do they need to do? Where are there? Where are some inconsistencies in this dog's behavior? And what can I do now regardless of what I really like doing, to make sure that I shore up these things that are not the way that I need them to be and take out whatever stuff you like and get rid of it and do what's necessary. For the dogs i think my clients would say when we go out and train some days they go out and i have this super hard like really hard stuff set up it wasn't because that morning i went no it'd be fun think i'll just do something really hard it's because all right we have some you know, these dogs are behaving a little or the handlers some people are not doing what they need to do here so what can i set up that's going to uh, address that particular issue and if anybody so when people's dogs are not doing well on the hard stuff when they're not doing well on the hard stuff it isn't because we're doing hard stuff it's not it's because we're highlighting something in the people that has not been as consistent as it needs to be in them and if i go out on a day and set up something very straightforward very easy you know and sometimes people are like really this is what we're doing yeah that's what we're doing Again, because that's going to be necessary uh, for something, you know, it just depends. But that's what's going to be necessary to highlight things or to show people where m- there might be some inconsistency or just because something is easy does not mean their dog's going to do it well. Again, which highlights something about that particular trainer. There's somewhere, you know, maybe the dog doesn't believe that something's that straightforward because they've been setting up too much crazy stuff. So again, we're, high, we're showing the, the trainer, all right? you just are going over on one territory and you're getting the dog thinking a certain way and you're not realizing that you need the dog to look out and always have confidence and believe they can do stuff. So I hope this makes sense to, to people. But dogs learn through experience. And so their experiences with us as trainers need to be consistent in the messages sent. You can set up different things, teach different things, work on different things, but the message from us needs to be consistent. This is the behavior I expect. Here's your uniform. I'm not going to get crazy one day and then all just totally just do whatever you want the other day. I'm going to be the same. I'm going to be something you can absolutely count on and rely on. And when I am that, then you tend to be a lot more that way. So, that's kind of what we're getting across today i hope i'm successful if not i tried i tried um we'll be back next week uh that's the week before the triple crown and plus just so many events coming up so i hope everybody is having fun getting ready i hope they're doing it in a very thoughtful mindful way keeping it real simple not getting all crazy and uh g and i will be back very soon